All right. Let's start out with who you are and what you do. Okay. So uh, Lee Kemp, uh, Vice President of Customer Experience at Verative. Uh, we're a, a global uh, B2B uh, uh, distributor for packaging, facility solutions, print, publish, things of that nature. Wow. I used to be Vice President of Customer uh, Experience at R.R. Donnelly. So okay. we have a little bit of overlap there. Yeah, a little there. bit, yeah. So, um, but I'm very curious, B2B mm-hmm. customer experience, like we have enough trouble in this industry getting CX leaders in c- consumer-facing brands. Yeah. How did you come into this role? Yeah, I think like a lot of uh, people in CX, um, I-, I was asked to. <laughs> you know, it's you're presented with, hey, we'd really like you to do this. By, from senior leadership? Correct, yeah. So we came from the top. Yeah. So That's I, beautiful. It was, well, and it, it was fantastic because we had that remarkable support from the top throughout. Um, we were uh, in the midst of the pandemic at the time, um, and we had uh, the business that I was with, we had gone through a massive merger. We were going through an ERP conversion. We were dealing with the pandemic, um, and we had to get back to focusing on focus on the customer. And uh, so it was fantastic. Our CEO uh, took myself and who would be my boss uh, and said, we need y'all to stand up a CX strategy. And it was fantastic in that we got to do it without having to run the business. Uh, we were able to start out just by just doing tons of research and just learning everything we could. I mean, when I stepped into this, I'm like, what is CX? Uh, and so here we are now, we're responsible for the, the global strategy for our, our company. Um, at that point, I was in chemical distribution, so very much B2B, very much the same. And, uh, and we, we went fast, uh, and I think that we benefited from credibility with the business. We'd both been there for a while. Uh, I came from the operations supply chain side. Um, uh, my partner in crime, my boss, uh, she came from the commercial uh, customer solutions side. And together, uh, we really, I, I feel like we just had a lot of significant positive impact very quickly. Um, fast forward now, three years later, um, and now I'm uh, with a different company, but again, still in the B2B space, still bringing a lot of the same best practices, lessons learned, the same things that, that I think are going to help us be successful for our customers. I feel like I'm talking to the luckiest guy in, in the CX industry. Just having someone come down from the top and let you explore and define and understand in the context of your business without having to be in the line of fire. What an amazing experience. Um, so you've taken that to this new new business that you have. And how what does customer experience mean in the context of your business today? Because it means a lot of things to a lot of people. It's very different. I mean, I'm hearing questions like that even even today, you know, talking to, to folks here at CCW and uh, I even had that specific question following uh, the presentation that I did, you know, is, well, how do you define CX versus customer service, right? And so there's, a lot, I think, a lot of confusion in that. Um, and so I, I'd say that we're even, we're even re-envisioning that at Verative, where I am now. We're, we're rethinking that in terms of what is the customer experience, right? Transitioning from a uh, customer service-focused call center type approach to very much uh, a hands-on account management, account relationship type responsibility for my customer experience professionals. So now I'm in an organization where I don't just have the strategy, I have to run the business. So I, I've got to manage 
a rather large customer solutions group. And uh, so that's, that's a change. Um, it's, but it's a fantastic opportunity to get back to running the business. Understanding how leadership has such an influence on customer experience, good or bad. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're, re- we're rethinking how we want to do that. What do we want to provide? What's that level of service? And, and how do we do it the most effective way possible to also enable the rapid growth that we want to see? Are you privately held? Uh, we are moving that direction. So publicly traded, and uh, uh, we are going through that process now to be purchased by private equity. Oh, okay. The only reason I ask is it feels like oftentimes um, the bigger the organization, the harder it is to um, draw a straight line from the, the, the needs of the business mm-hmm. to the needs of the customer. And so yeah. this was curious. So here, here's, here's my perspective, because I've been talking a lot about artificial intelligence and its impact on the customer experience industry. And what I've tried to explain, and you just made me articulate it in my mind a different way, which is these jobs of customer care agents empowered by AI will it will create a new uh, a threshold, a new strata of agents that can have these more intimate relationships, be more, um, what can I say, more adept at the wider relationship that account leaders have had in the past because they'll have as much access. I'll give you an example of what I mean because I'm talking in a bunch of jargon and ethereal terms. I, I know of a company, what, what they've done is they've applied <clears throat> large language models and AI, open AI, to their internal documentation. But they, they extended that not just from their customer care, but to their internal documents, um, manuals, how to into their Slack channels across their CRMs. So now an agent can search for an answer for a customer and can track down, you know, maybe it's a, a line, line of uh, ownership or um, a, a how-to information or uh, billing information. So they have a much wider um, ability to service a wider number of questions, which really frees them up to have the empathetic conversation about kids and family that you might want from an account service person. Is that where you're headed? Yeah, I I definitely envision that for us. Uh, You know, it's about being faster. It's about being more accurate the first time. That's always been the demand, mm -hmm. right? That hasn't changed, but how do we do that? And, And I think the opportunity is in developing your people. Right for them to feel like I don't have to have been in the business twenty years to be effective. You know, I've been talking about this with my team. You know, I've I've got some extraordinary customer experience professionals that have been with us for 35, 40, 45 years. Um, and when they decide to retire, God bless them and good luck. Like that's awesome. But when they go, that's forty five years of experience that's just gone. How do I bridge that gap and how do I do it quickly? Uh, and so. That, that knowledge is power, that, that data that already exists, pulling that forward, right? Leveraging AI to do that, certainly. 
Um, but I, you know, I'd tell you that with, with a great set of data scientists and analytics team, and so people know that, how to use Tableau or Power BI, you can bring a lot of that forward. We've done it, right, without necessarily going all in on AI. Because, I mean, I, I, I'm afraid of some of the dangers of AI. I think we've all had the, the encounter of um, you get that, you know, somebody sending you, hey, you know, check out our state-of-the-art, you know, lead generation AI tool, whatever, and they get your name wrong. Okay, well, your state-of-the-art AI lead generation is not all that, right? And so there's that risk. It's trash in, trash out. You know, the, the cautionary tale, I think, is your CXPs, you've got to make sure that when they're looking at that information that's being fed to them, is it accurate? So there's a lot of focus around the basics. You've got to make sure your contact information's right. You've got to make sure that your manuals are up to date. You got to, All that has to be good because... If it's not, you're going to be given bad answers. You're going to be given bad info. Uh, that's interesting listening to you contextualize this in your business. Because am I, am I right? Shipping and delivery is part of your... Yeah, we're a distributor. So, you know, we have these great re- relationships with, uh, with fantastic vendors, you know, suppliers. And, uh, and we're providing those products and services to the cust- or our customers who are making the products and services and goods that are going out to all of you as customers. I just say that because you, we, I can tell you're very serious about the accuracy of the name and the data. And I'm like, that sounds, when I worked, because I worked with you know, FedEx as part of one of my, yeah. my previous assignments. And th- it's different if you're in some sort of logistics, how important the integrity of the data is versus like if you're selling a hot trending, you know, plush toy or something. Right. Well, and, and the effect on the the entire uh, yeah. market mm-hmm. is bigger. Yeah. When those three trucks of whatever don't get there on time, the down the downstream effect is massive to the economy. And so the role that we play is so huge. And that's why, you know, B2C gets a lot of publicity. That's where the brand is. You know, everybody wears. You know, nobody's going to have. That's where st- the marketing dollars are. Right. No, nobody's going to have a sticker for Verative on their laptop. Okay, I get that. Um, but B2C doesn't exist without B2B, right? I mean, we are why B2C can be sexy. Mm. Like, without us, you don't have the products and services. Starbucks can't service their cop. Like, you know, all those kinds of things. You, and so that's why I'm excited to see so much focus now going towards B2B and talking about the unique challenges. How is customer experience different in that space? Um, even being here today and listening to, to the presentations and hearing how different it can be for a, a you know, B2B uh, uh, distributor of, of something you know, hard and tangible versus some sort of service or cloud-based or something to that effect. Um, it's, it's a different approach. So what were you hoping to learn from this conference? Yeah, I think um, I want to see how some others are doing it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about what is next for us and, uh, and bridging that gap. And so the opportunity to come here and hear from some vendors and see what, what their solutions are. Um, and I think just to hear from others in the CX space, what are the challenges they're facing? Um, I'm trying to be open-minded. Uh, I, you know, some, some folks will tell me I'm stubborn. Um, but I'm trying to be open-minded to... Uh, to the utilization of, you know, Gen AI and things of that nature. But I'll tell you, it was interesting to me, too, to find out where the business world actually is in that, 
right? So we heard some fantastic research. You know, for example, uh, the one that I keep quoting is, you know, 11% of businesses are in a, a pilot phase with Gen AI, just 11%. So, okay, whew, all right, I'm not behind yet, right? But, but then I think it was 86% they said that are um, uh, plan to utilize Gen AI in the expanding the knowledge base for their agents with, you know, within the next two years, right? So you start to kind of benchmark and figure where you're at and where's your focus need to be. If nothing else, I'm walking away feeling very confident in our strategy, very confident in, in the, the timing that we've mapped out for the direction we want to go. Um, but yeah, it, it's really good to come here and just talk to other CXers and see where they're at. What, what, are you at liberty to share this strategy that you're confident in? <laughs> um, let, me, let me think through this and choose my words carefully. Um, and I talked about this actually in my presentation earlier. You know, we, we can't get lost in all the fancy new acronyms and the next big thing, right? It, the basics still matter. You, you've got to get the core responsibilities of your business right. Um, you, you know, it's in B2B, it's, it's about product availability. It's about on-time delivery. It's about responsiveness. It's probably about digital capabilities. Um, and that's across, you know, most, most B2B businesses, regardless of the industry that they're in. Um, and so you've got to get those right. Your data's got to be right. Your metrics have to matter. You know, it's, it's the things that we all know in CX. I, you know, I, I say that CX is actually easy. It's the leadership part that's hard. Um, CX is, it, it comes down to two things. You gotta listen and you gotta act. If you're doing those, then you're doing CX. Now, how well are you doing it? Well, that's, you know, that's to be judged by whatever awards process you wanna go through or whatever, but um, it's the leadership part that's hard. And you, you've gotta, you gotta hold the business accountable to be better. You know, I just think it's fantastic. My, my former CEO always said for us, we kept our team intentionally small. That was, that was his vision and it was, because the business has to own the responsibility to fix the issues. He said, CX provides the mirror. Um, and, and I still very much believe in that. And now I'm in a position where not only do I need to provide the mirror to the business, but I, I get to also lead and inspire and drive um, a, a key aspect of our business. Um, and our vision is you know, to be better, to be faster, uh, to provide um, that that level of service that the biggest suppliers of products and services in the world should should and need to be able to expect. Uh, and so whether that's through Gen AI to help us um, provide that automatic knowledge at your fingertips um, in the moment, um, if it's to help us to train and onboard faster, uh, if it's to provide visibility to voice of customer in whatever um, in whatever channel we're in or in whatever uh, platform that the CX professionals using. For example, they need to know if the customers provided feedback. They need to know that whether they're in Salesforce, whether they're in you know SAP or Oracle, when whatever system they're in, the the customer's perspective, their opinion of us needs to be front and center. You got to know that going into the conversation. Well, again, CX is easy. Yeah, that makes sense. Doing that the investment that's required, whether it's in time or resources, um, that's a different thing. Uh, and so again, it's, 
it's just such a, you said earlier, you're talking like the luckiest guy. I am. Like, I keep telling everybody, I don't want to pinch myself. I don't want to wake up. Uh, it's just a remarkable time, I think, for our business. Um, it's a remarkable time for our people. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a remarkable time, I think, in CX. I love all that texture. Here's what was going through my mind as I listened to you. Yeah. Here's my take. Is this where you tell me it's all BS? Uh, <laughs> I think this is the part where we learn from each other. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we look at, this is my view of the CX world, just mine. Mm-hmm. There are many others like it, but this one is mine. Yeah. We had, we had coming out of manufacturing in the industrial revolution, we had service design come into its own being. So service design, service blueprinting, that was really mature in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It became mature. So just-in-time manufacturing combined with, combined with gap accounting principles, we really were able to get this inventory thing to where one car comes off the assembly line and goes to a customer. You know, that was the vision. Yep. Kaizen, all of that. <clears throat> But you, you flash forward a few years, not too many years later, within 10 years, we had business principles, process, theory, strategy around customer experience, which was really just the evolution of service design into communications. Now... That was, that was all done before the year 2000. It was all baked up and ready to go. It wasn't until 2014 that we had a device in people's hands, the, the phone. And in 2014, retail um, was overtaken by e-commerce sales, meaning the transactions at scale, customer by customer, we're finally beginning to be quantifiable. Now, in between that time, we had call centers who had phone trees that allowed us to say, press one for this, press two, press three. So we had service design become mature, customer experience as a, as a philosophy or a practice become mature. We had the customer journey through IVR become a relevant aspect of our industry, but there was this gap until we had the phones before the customer was really part of this whole business ecosystem we had built. And I would go on to say culturally, Gene Bliss put out a chief customer officer book. Have you read it? I have. Seminal book, right? She is the mother of customer experience in my opinion. Her first version of the book, 2013, great book, but not everybody read it. By 2015, when it came out, that book really, in my opinion, laid the mental foundation and the operational, cultural, corporate framework to create people like you, okay? That's the context in which I think about this. So when I hear your story, you seem super dialed in on the service design piece of it, and at what point does the service design, service blueprinting, operational efficiency, efficacy, scalability, because you seem like you've got that nailed, how does that translate into your comms piece of your vision? 
Yeah, well, I, I think first it, it comes with the decision that customer experience is not just going to be the customer service team, right? That it has to be end-to-end, -end, all of it. And it, you, you really have to start, I mean, I know it seems super obvious again, but you start with the customer, right? You have to step outside of the business and Who's you have to think. Who's the customer you're describing in your model? Yeah, well, it's, 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 the, it's those in the industry that are making products and, and So and they're goods. B2B customers. Correct, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, that's, again, that's where, you know, that's where my experience is, right? I mean, it, and again, this is where CX can be very different depending on the industry that you're in, the space that you're in, the market that you're in. Um, but I, I think that you have to step out and you have to start with a customer. And, and I think it's been interesting to ask the question of, okay, I know we like that, but is that right for the customer, right? You, there has to be that voice in the business that's asking that. And so it, it is very much, it, it's looking at everything. And that's what I love about the opportunity that I'm in now. It's been the challenge is we need to look from start to finish, end to end, all of it, order to cash, whatever way you want to refer to it. But um, it's all of it. I think that, and you have a wide diversity of customers. Oh, so, yes. So it's not like you have yeah. a persona that you can target. And, and I want to just throw out here, I've worked in the CPG industry. So there we have our customers are our retailers. Yeah. Our cust and the retailers for many years never wanted us to get near their customers. So there was like an a iron curtain there that we yeah. couldn't get through. And over time, we started to understand that it was more and more important for us to understand those end customers. And we had to build new relationships with our retailers to illustrate the understanding or the importance of hearing that final buyer in the journey. Do you, are you, is that, are you grappling with that in your, or, or I just say that because I think some B2B at scale go there at the enterprise level. Maybe you're, you're focusing on a more spectral analysis of different kinds of B2B customers and, and focusing on them. How, like, yeah, I mean, we, are, we are nerding out uh, right oh now. Oh my gosh, by the way. yeah, I, it's funny. I, I geek out on okay, CX. Good. So it's, I, we're, we're good here. Uh, it's good company. Um, as long as we don't start like having like conventions where we're dressing up and stuff. So okay, I, I draw right. the line. All right. Um, no, no, no cosplay. But I think I, I always take it back to the basics. Every customer, regardless of how much they buy from you, regardless of what they buy from you, right? They deserve a couple of things. They deserve to know um, when when can they get that product. They deserve for it to be delivered on time to the commitment that you made, the original commitment, right? And they deserve to be. Uh, for you to be responsive to their needs and their questions or concerns. And, and so I think you've got to just continue to ask yourself, is that where I'm focused? Um, and, and I just, I've seen time and time again where getting that right really makes such a bigger impact on your customer satisfaction than anything else you're going to do. Now, the digital space is huge, and depending on what industry you're in and how your customers want to be serviced, you know, maybe that's your play as well. But I'd argue that sometimes the, the discussion is, should I invest the millions in inventory or should I invest it in this digital whatever? I say maybe it needs to go into the inventory. But that's based on listening to your customer and what their needs are. But that's the B2B world, right? That's, that's where your focus has to go. 
You know, the other piece, I think, is the complexity of the business. Um, you know, coming from the chemical side, that's complicated. It's hard, right? And you're talking about things that can affect pharmaceuticals, food, whatever, right? And yeah, so it's you're very, I mean, right, you're, you're trying it's to, the final level. It, it is, and you're trying to deliver this remarkable customer experience, and you want them to be self-serve, and you want, to, you want them to answer all the questions for themselves as much as possible. But the reality is, there's still that need that they've got to get on the phone and talk through what does that have to be? What does that have to look like? Okay, you don't have that product. What is the safe alternative that meets all my specifications, meets all the regulatory requirements that you can still ship this way, that I can still get by this time? You know, there's those complications. Um, look, you, you have those complications everywhere, but you have to make sure that your CX approach is focused on what your customers actually need. I, I, even the packaging facility solutions, our customers, they like to be able to pick up a phone and talk to you. They like to be able to email just about everything to you, right? And we have to meet them there. We're going to automate as much as we can. You asked earlier, like, what's, what, what's, what's the secret sauce going forward? You know, a lot of that is making it easier for us to service the customer, right, through automation and things of that nature. But it, it comes down to making sure that you can meet the customer where they, where they are, not where you want them to be. I think you, you've said a lot. We've talked a lot, a lot of complex jargon. Thank you for taking it so deep with me. The thing that I'm going to take away from this conversation that you said is, it's real simple. We have to do two things. We have to listen and we have to act. It just comes down to that. You know, people, we, we make it so much more difficult than that to explain. But the reality is I can just I can just envision you going in to one of your corporate meetings and just trying to listen to what the customer is saying and trying to figure out how can we act on that now or in the short term. And all the rest of the stuff is gonna have to take care of itself, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's that's really a, a, a um, I think a great lesson for all of us. I, I really appreciate you taking your time to be on the podcast today. Yeah. Is there uh, that's some great advice? Is there any other great advice you want to pass <laughs> on to the audience before we uh, we wrap up? Again, I'm I'm a big CX nerd now. I I, I joked I'm a CX convert, you know, and so um, I. We'll save it for another time because I, I could probably talk about this for hours. So, but yeah, no, I just really appreciate the opportunity. It's great to again be around uh, fellow CXers and and to uh, to talk about you know what's working, what's not, and I appreciate you know what you do. I, I appreciate your passion. Um, you know, bringing really global stories of CX. I think the way that you do. Um, so that's fantastic, and I just what a privilege to be here and talk with you and and share our journey. Thank you so much. Thank you.